0: Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, was ist das da oben im Himmel? I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and I'm joined by my co-host Simon Maddox, the Ripley to my (laughs) xenomorph.
1: How are you, Simon? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I'm delighted to be compared to the awesome Ripley. Uh, yeah, but yeah. What's going to happen in this episode? eh? Ooh. who knows? Foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> Let's start with the football, right? We talked about football almost endlessly last week, and uh, we've got some some exciting updates. We mentioned Saint Pauli, yeah, the the, the most sort of culty hipster mm-hmm. teams you could support. My God, didn't they just show their prowess on the field? Uh, they beat Dortmund this week or last week, two uh, one.
1: It was wonderful. Yeah. It was it was a really we great. You would game. say that as
0: a Schalke fan, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I don't enjoy watching Dortmund very mm. often. Uh, there's no denying they've got world-class players. I think now they've got Jude Bellingham, the Englishman inside me. is like, oh, okay, yeah, you're supporting an Englishman. But yeah, there's a few unlikable characters who are phenomenal footballers. But yeah, watching St. Pauli really turn it on and just be compact. Tight at the back, and then willing to counter. And there was also an ex-Shalkar who was the man of the match as well. So it was it was a great like everything game.
0: for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your rivals getting beaten, an ex shalker man doing the business. Yeah. yeah, but it was a it was a double week of glee for you it was. because I guess your sort of native team. Was that the way we describe it? I'm not
1: sure if that's how we describe it. Your
0: beloved, your, your beloved Spurs. <laughs> Beat Leicester in exciting fashion. They scored two goals in the last, was it like minute of the game?
1: Yeah, it was an interesting game because we were really dominant in the first half and then Leicester snatched the goal through Daka, I think at the 27th minute and it was quite deflating because we'd been so good. And then the second half, we managed to claw a goal back through the just the magnificent Harry Kane and then Leicester scored another one. Madison scored a great goal for Leicester and it looked like they were going to get us and then five minutes of extra time was added and on... 94 minutes and 45 seconds we scored a scrappy goal and then we managed to nab the ball out of the hands of Casper Schmeichel Kick off again for Leicester and then they gave it away immediately and then we ran up the pitch Harry Kane put in a beautiful beautiful through ball and Bergwijn scored a second in like 80 seconds and we won and it's I think the latest a team has gone from losing a game to winning a game mm-hmm. I was very excited I think the, pre- <laughs> the previous holders of that title were manchester city when they won the league
0: mm. 2-1 down to 3-2 yeah, yeah it was the same score wasn't it and uh after last week me admitting that i didn't care if if england won the world cup or newcastle won the premier league with like the worst football and the, and the worst <laughs> goals my beloved newcastle united also won yesterday with the worst free kick i think Anyone has ever scored. Being hard on Jonjo. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I don't care. He had an amazing um, volley that was was saved earlier. I wish that had been the winner, but uh, I don't care. Don't care. Uh, either way, I- I'll take a win's a win's a win, as they say. But mm-hmm. yeah. But we're not going to talk too much about football because no. we, we indulged ourselves far too much last week and yeah. we are still full from it. Uh, what I want to talk about is... I had a rather strange experience yesterday. What happened? So I said I'd help someone move house. And it was rather difficult circumstances for the person in particular. And that's why I I said I'd help. Uh, I do not really know them. It was a friend of, well, someone my wife knew anyway. And so we rock up. And of course it's snowing because like (laughs) God hates me. And every time I need to do something, the weather has to be appalling. So yeah, it was snowing quite heavily and we're moving furniture but the thing, that, the thing that got me was there was three guys that turned up to help along with me. And one of them, I swear to God, was the spitting image of Olaf Schultz. <laughs> and the thing that, like, honestly, like, if you held up a picture and it was Olaf Schultz, he maybe was a little bit taller. That was my wife's assessment, was that he was probably a little bit taller. But the thing that got us was, like, no one mentioned it. Like, no one, <laughs> me- like, no one said anything. And I was like, should I, should I make a joke about it? Should I say something? And I was like... Oh i don't really know them but it would be funny and i was like i was like gonna go like all right olaf let's uh <laughs> something like that but um like no one mentioned it i felt like i missed a trick it was so bizarre but they uh broke the cardinal rule of moving house and simon what is the cardinal rule of moving house in germany uh, provide beers or just provide anything there was nothing 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 at all, not even a cup of coffee.
1: Oh, that's disgraceful.
0: Yeah, I just sort of sucked it up, because I, I, felt, I felt bad for the person and the, the situation they were in, and why they had to move house, but at the same time, I was like, just put the kettle on, just put the kettle on, and that's enough, I would have taken that, but no, um, my wife ended up having to go to the bakery, <sighs> and uh, she came back with a, a Schnecker, so that sort of saved the day, but... Um, such, it was so weird, and all I've thought about since is like all the jokes I could have made about Olaf Schultz. <laughs> yeah. Do you know when you have a situation where you're like, I wish I'd, I wish I'd said this, I wish I'd said that, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd. How was the election last year? Oh, what's it like? Must be busy. Like, it must, it must be pretty good to like having to travel down to Bavaria to help someone move house. But I would prefer it if you dealt with the Ukraine crisis. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's so weird, really odd. Anyway, enough about
1: my weird. Weird adventures. What about you? What have you, been, what have you been up to this week? Yeah, not not a huge amount. It's it's just quietly ticking over this month. There's there's not really much going on. But I guess one of the things that when I was preparing the notes for the podcast, I was thinking that we should probably mention is the, the letter game sensation that's Wordle, which is now peppering everyone's Twitter timelines and everyone's complaining about it. So, yeah, have you tried Wordle? No. Not interested? I couldn't. I, I could not care less. He's, like, I haven't. He's such a hipster listener. He's such a hipster.
0: Oh, yeah. You t- I'm so cool. <laughs> no. I just like it's not, it's not for me, you know, but I'm not also gonna complain about it. There's a lot of people going, Oh, what's Wordle? Why is everyone playing on
1: Wordle? Blah, blah, and I'm like, Just mute it. Yeah, there, there is that mute function. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, Have you played it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been playing it every day for the last two weeks, I guess. Now,
0: I yeah. totally thought you'd be into it because you like playing Scrabble, don't you?
1: I do. I like like a game, Scrabble. I, I enjoy all those kinds of games. I think the fact that it's just one and done is hugely appealing. Um, mm-hmm. If it was just an infinite cycle of five letter words, I'd get bored of it. But this, yeah, it's, it's quite rewarding. Uh, I got one in two guesses the other day, and that was a real high. I, sorry, I was giddy. Is it like Hangman or
0: something? I've never
1: because I've never played
0: it, and I don't just don't care enough to.
1: It's it's yeah. I mean, there are similarities to Hangman, sure. So you pick a, a five letter word, uh, let's say stream. Um, and then the game will show you which letters are in the correct place by uh, lighting them as green and yellow if they're in the word but not in that path, not in that location of the word. And so there's a lot of like sleuthing to work out what the words could be. Yeah, it's quite rewarding. And once you get down to the final few guesses, because I think you get six, like you, you start feeling the pressure, and you're like, what What could this be? And you're cycling these five letter words. It's fun. I would recommend it. Uh, and there's also a German version now as well. Uh, with It's being just done in every language.
0: Is it not just like 18, 18 letter words
1: now? <laughs> it's only five, thank God. Um, but yeah, I tried it in German. I just couldn't think of five letter words. I was like, oh, I, I suck at this. Uh, and then I was, I was like, maybe maybe my wife would enjoy this. So I was like, maybe you should try this game and explained it to her and then sort of tried to like run her through it. And she guessed the word and I was like, oh, it might be this word uh, because of those and those and those. Mm. And then she's like, "Ah, but I'll try that." And she tried that, and it wasn't. And then it was the original word that I guessed. It was neben, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." That <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> my like one and done in uh, in German wordle. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it seems to be the sensation of of the times at the moment.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is everywhere. It's the right time of year. It's the right like period of of human existence for an internet based word game to be very successful. There's a lot of people staring at the internet right now mm-hmm. because. I mean, January's the worst month, as we've mentioned. Probably more than we should have done. But people people like it, but a loads of people seem to hate it. Did you see Marty's tweet on it?
1: Mm, I'm not sure if I did.
0: About, about people, um, many of his friends have, have tested positive for Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: like, get in there, Marty. <laughs> yeah. One of the appealing things about it is that it was created by a guy for his wife and he has no interest in monetizing it a lot of people are are now sort of creating copies of it in in app stores and and trying to make money off it and yeah there seems to be quite a a large swell of people being like fuck these people trying to make money off this guy's like really simple Mm -hmm. idea and yeah i think it's it's got a little bit of that like i'm i'm doing this because the guy doesn't want to make money uh, there is something mm-hmm. very appealing about that as well so yeah if, if you like word games check out wordle it's literally five minutes and you get a nice boost of endorphins in the morning and then get on with your day feeling proud of yourself
0: yeah, yeah and if you don't like wordle shut up about it
1: <laughs> yeah i think that's it like people are like i'm never gonna try it but it's like being like what's the point why are you tweeting that you're never gonna try this thing just just leave it, mate. I think the problem, the problem, are with that kind of thing. Is like, there's, I
0: mean, obviously, social media is all about opinions. If if the term virtue signaling hadn't been re- ruined by right wing assholes, that would be exactly it. It's like going, ah, like I'm too cool for this. Mm. There's a lot of that around. People love to do that. People love a contrarian opinion. It's why we have the queer denkin, isn't it? Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> It'll be two years in March since since my daughter was born. Yeah, it's been a weird, a weird journey. We were thinking about it and I was like, I don't know what it's like to have a child in normal circumstances because mm-hmm. everything's, like, everything's been impacted by the pandemic, whether that's childcare, the birth itself, um, the sort of whole process of seeing friends and family. I mean, like we've talked about how uh, certain members of my family haven't even met her face-to-face yet. Yeah. It's been interesting difficult i think i've learned a lot about me and my issues as well <laughs> i think that's kind of that's quite important i think you learn about what type of person you are i was saying <laughs> i had this discussion with my wife yesterday and i was a bit forthright about it because i'm a child of divorce um as are you mm-hmm. and i was saying like i can't understand how you would put your kids through through that because i was quite affected by it and i was like, it sort of changes your perspective on a lot of stuff but one of the things I really do enjoy is getting to go. As a father, uh, <laughs> it gives you like a certain amount of power to go, like, yeah, here's my opinion. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been different from what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's just different. My entire life's totally different from what it was two years ago, which is kind of what you'd expect. But I'm surprised by how well I've seemed to have adjusted to it, and how well my wife seems to have adjusted to it. I think it's different for blokes when they have kids. Mm-hmm. When you first have a, a child, like. It's no real relationship. I see people are getting like really, like men getting really emotional about like having babies. And I was never like that. And I feel like maybe I should have been. But like now she's walking and talking. And as soon as she started to develop a personality and like make jokes and stuff, mm-hmm. like one of the best things she started doing now is she pretends to be asleep. So she'll go like, dada. And I'll come like downstairs to check on her. And she'll just be like totally with a <laughs> smile on her face, like practically laughing, just asleep. And I'm like, this kid's cool. <laughs> I like this kid. But like beforehand, it was more difficult. that You didn't really have that dynamic. And there's a more of a physical closeness with my wife and, and my daughter than, than there was with me. But like today, I, like it was dead sweet today. I was like, oh, I've got a bit of a hangover this morning. And I was like, daddy needs a hug. And she just came over and gave us a big hug. Aww. And I was just like, oh, it's dead, it's dead sweet. And it helps as well that she might be the cutest child that's ever existed. <laughs> I know all parents say that. But I think objectively, I've sent you photos. That kid's yeah. cute, right? Yeah. Like stupid sure cute. Sure is I'm, very cute. We need to monetize it somehow.
1: <laughs> I think I'll leave that to you and your wife. I think if we try and monetize her through the podcast, I might cause some issues. She's the face is the face of the podcast.
0: Just it suddenly becomes a parenting podcast and you didn't even know. Yeah. But it's been it's been weird. And I I wonder if we'll have a second child what what I'll notice the, the difference is, especially if it's outside the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It 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 feels like the last two years have totally just sort of disappeared everything's sort of moved really quickly and I just find it really really interesting where where we are now but also there's still loads of work to do (laughs) on the clock there's what six we've got 16 years left (laughs) before it's just not my responsibility
1: I mean yeah your daughter's also German which means she's probably not going to move away for university uh, there's, a, there's a good chance she'll stay with you until she graduates. I've, I've already said to my wife, if my daughter still living with us
0: in a in a mid twenties, I'm just going to throw her out. Just like I'm going to put the bed in the garden, and this is where you live now. Because <laughs> like my aim is, my aim is that she does, that she goes and goes to university in a completely different place but god help us if she goes to university in britain because i don't think we could afford that <laughs> um but like, that's the idea man is that she becomes an independent human being and isn't there isn't just hanging around I've got, I've got this members of my my wife's family who like stayed at home until the mid-30s and i'm like like they could have moved out it wasn't because it was a financial concern i know that's that's different for different people and it's, it's increased over over the last decade that uh, young people finish university and then have to move in with their parents because mm-hmm. they can't find work or they can't find work that pays well but now like he, he this guy this this guy was um, working in, as like a manager for an insurance company and still lived with his parents and it just made me it's made me cringe every time i heard that it was, it's like
1: my first question would be like have you moved out yet? Have you moved out yet? And I know it's probably that probably sounds a bit rude, but Well, I mean, these multi-generational households are definitely more of a thing in Germany. There are a lot of people, a lot of families that live in, in huge houses and the grandma lives there like four generations in one under one roof. And of course that's that's very nice. It's very sort of Walton esque, but it, it feels very weird. And as you've already mentioned, we're both children of divorce and I think that definitely shapes how you feel about family being close when you've gone through a family ripping itself apart it, it kind of ends up feeling natural that you have space from one another i mean yeah i love my family but i i can't imagine <laughs> moving in a house with all of them no the instinct to leave was pretty strong <laughs> there's advantages i get
0: that and i think it's nice when you have grandparents and parents in the same house and like i do see the benefits but i think is like especially in your 20s like, you need to go out and make mistakes and learn, mm-hmm. learn about yourself, and and I think that's when you should do it, basically, and form relationships. And what I feel, like, often here, or at least with the people that I know, their social circles are very small, mm-hmm. and their social networks are very, very small, whereas mine span, your span, a lot of people we know, their, their friendship circles span, like, continents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, people all over the place and you've met people, you've, you've traveled far much, far more than I have. You've, far more extensively. The whole backpacking thing Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be, again, this is just talking about the people I know. Backpacking and traveling around isn't seen as a particularly important part of the the coming of age aspect that it is in the UK. I find it a bit parochial and like, again, thinking about parenting is like, I want to pass on, the things i've learned but what have you learned if you just like stay at home and where it's safe and secure and you live in the same place and, and again I, I know it sounds a bit judgy but i lived in a small town in scotland for for 10 years and that's exactly what happened and it never didn't feel like people progressed it just <clears throat> people just were the same they're the same as the word 10 15 20 years ago hadn't really seen anything and it's not necessarily about cost either. Like I've seen some stuff and I've had no money for a very long time. And I just felt like, I don't know, I just feel like, well, what is it that, what kind of life is that really? That's, that seems really harsh, but it is what how I feel about it. And I certainly wouldn't want my, I would want my daughter to go out and see stuff and go to places that, and even if it turns my stomach at the idea of going to go somewhere like, you went to Columbia for God's sake, I'd be terrified if you went to <laughs> Columbia. But at the same time, I'd I'd really admire the fact that, should take on the challenge and I think it's that really that, that I'm thinking about a lot is is like yeah you've I don't want it to be I don't want it to live in the same town as it is I don't want to live in the same street but there's plenty of people I know who live two streets down from where they were born mm-hmm. and I find that I just find it weird and different but
1: yeah, yeah I mean th- this relationship was with, with, with home and place that definitely changes my father and his family all lived in the same town for years and years and years and then my father got his, his job in Germany and suddenly everything was different and then for a long time it was just me and my brother who were the only people in our family alive who didn't live within 10 kilometers of each other it was always nice to go back and, and sort of revisit that but it never ever had any semblance of home to me even though it was where all my family were yeah but yeah, the sense of otherness and travel is is big. It's
0: important. I get the instinct of like you've gone out, seen the world, and come back to where you were born. Like I totally understand that. It's not that that I'm complaining about. Rather that that it's or criticising. It's rather the my job is ten kilometers away. I live at home. I could afford to go and live on my own, but. It's more comfortable here. It just sounds like arrested development, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it feels like. Is it's just like when did your life start? And it's also about emotional development as well. I won't know until until these people that I know reach middle age, I guess. But I I think they're the kind of people who will have like quite severe midlife crises, mm-hmm. especially the blokes. I think they just haven't done haven't done the stuff that you probably should do in in your twenties, like travel and see stuff and meet people and have weird sort of adventures and and all of these things and and I know obviously if you can't afford to do those things that's understandable but if you can and you're only doing it because it's safer I just feel like you're sort of missing out yeah I feel a bit sorry for people who don't challenge themselves in that way and again I know that sounds really judgy but but like it's it's how I feel about it I can only be honest at least I'm being honest yeah yeah
1: totally there are lots of things that shape who we end up becoming as adults And of course, yeah, where we're from and family is one of the the key things on that. But without question, the things that defined me the most was being at a boarding school and being away from my family and having to have some sort of independence and having to like fend for yourself a little bit. It's not for everyone. I totally understand that. But the other thing that that completely changed me was traveling. Like I was told by my mum to go traveling um my plan was to go straight to uni because i figured if i went traveling i'd never come home whereas i was made to wait a year for my university and then it's like okay work your ass off for six months get the money together and then leave before my birthday was her deadline and i did that and yeah it, it instilled something in me that has has allowed me to do many many things
0: but like, i remember when we worked at that private university and you speak to students that chosen a university that was close to where they were and they're like lived within the local area and it's such a contrast to the students that at the university I work at now I mean there are some who who live in the local area but like I'd say 95% of them when I speak to them are like they want to go off and see stuff and and do things and travel and like when we talked about travel a few weeks ago nearly everybody was like i want to go here one of them was like i want to go to america but i'm kind of worried about it but uh, a lot of them want to work abroad and that was really heartening because yeah not everyone has to do what we did but i think if you've got the opportunity to travel and it's why it's so disappointing that erasmus has has been lost in britain because i think that opportunity especially for i think for german students potentially it's different because you're in the middle of europe you can just get in a car and travel right for british people you have to get on a plane or a boat or, or whatever it's quite expensive to travel in britain uh, to, the, to the rest of the world in a way that it just isn't in central europe
1: the, the fact is that the kind of traveling that a lot of people imagine doing like backpacking or taking six months or a year to explore a continent or continents that isn't something you can do at every point in your life. You only have a couple of windows where that is really viable and the the best one by by far is 18 to 25 in sort of that time. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect your your hopes of having a family or mm. or employment like you can take that time, but if you decide when you're 38 that you want to go traveling for 6 months, I there are good odds that you've got a kid. That changes everything. It
0: totally restricts everything you can do, you know? Yeah. And and that's just... That's part of the, the give and take, you know? If you mm. choose to have kids, then it does mean you can't go to Cambodia for a month, you know?
1: <laughs> like, you can't do well, I mean, that stuff. I you, mean, you can, but it, it, it's it, different, it, changes, it changes everything. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd go back to South America in, in a heartbeat mm-hmm. and travel around there with my wife, and that would be really amazing. But if we had a child i would be looking at other i would look at other places totally mm-hmm. yeah uh, america would be the most likely option because you just know that everything is going to be available the whole mm-hmm. time uh, whereas yeah if you're going through the dairy and gap in Colombia, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> things are different that's
0: that's not necessarily a negative and i think you just have a different experience but like when you have no strings attached and you can go and see stuff and do stuff even even if you don't have a lot of money. There's ways and means, right? I know plenty of people who've, like, camped their way around Europe, which is not something I would (laughs) would prefer to do. Like, I don't want to sleep in tents all the time, but I know people have done it. People have slept in cars and stuff. There's millions of different ways to do it. Travel, experience in other places, obviously broadens your horizons and changes the way you think about things. Even if that's just, I lived in Berlin for two years, or, like, I lived in a city for a couple of years, or six months or, or whatever rather than i was born in this village i've lived in this village i'll die in this village and <laughs> just it seems like really narrow and yeah. i wonder what experiences do you then pass on to your on your children you know like what have you got to tell them about the world just the same narrow shit like you've got to ch- challenge your own perspectives and your own ideas and i think like, look at different ways uh, or different different people who think differently talk to them engage that's really important and again, that's especially for different cultures. There's loads of people I mean we have this all the time where we meet German people who, who think totally differently from how how we as as people brought up in Britain think you can pass that on you can you can share that with with if you choose to have kids, you can share it with them and it's a really nice element, but if you just seek security, if security is your priority all the time, I kind of wonder
1: yeah the, the security and being risk averse is uh, definitely two big hindrances to to really getting to know it's a big wide world Like obviously the internet and all that mm-hmm. stuff makes it easier mm-hmm. to to feel like you have a, a grasp on different cultures and the like but yeah going out there and tasting and feeling and using all your senses is definitely something that i recommend to anyone um no matter how old you are but obviously if you are in the right age to just sod it all off and go traveling for a year. Do it. It will it will make you a better person. Yeah, and then have
0: kids.
1: Yeah. And then boast to your children <laughs> so, yeah. about how awesome Columbia is. And then when they turn 18,
0: just throw them out on their rear. Get out, go
1: see the world. That's the way forward. <laughs> So something quite nice is happening in, in the beautiful land of Wales. I love Wales. It is where my my heritage is. Uh, my surname is from uh, a Welsh king. And Wales has always been treated pretty poorly uh, by England. There are historical issues. The rest of the uh, British Isles knows the flavour of this. But one of the interesting things, we all have our different patron saints in the UK. So in England we have St George, who of course killed those pesky dragons. Scotland has Nick. St. Andrew. Of course St. Andrew who gave us a St. Andrew cross because he wouldn't be crucified on the same cross as Jesus because he was a very good Christian man. Northern Ireland has St. Patrick, no? St. Patrick and of course St. Patrick has been bastardised by the English as to become a a day to drink Guinness. i I, I just see him as the party saint. He is the party (laughs) saint of the British Isles, there's no denying that. He gets rid of the
0: snakes and then we celebrate we celebrate that fact by, by drinking excessive amounts of alcohol on this Saint's Day.
1: And in these in Scotland they have a public holiday uh, for Saint Andrew's, and Northern Ireland has a public holiday uh, for Saint Patrick. But Wales, their patron saint is Saint David, and there's no fucking public holiday for the Welsh. How brutal mm. is that? It's actually been refused by the UK government's Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. What? Imagine being told that you can't have a public holiday because it's the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Why isn't there an, a lovely public holiday department? So yeah, they denied this. They've said that you can't have a public holiday for St. Davids because it would disrupt business, uh, which is exactly what you want to hear. Yeah,
0: Such a shit. Do you know, I think the reason they do that is so they don't have to make St. George's Day a day off. Yeah, a public holiday in in england and it's wild as well when you think that we have days off for for various different religious reasons in bavaria and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a painter and saint yeah, yeah. epiphany we just had um all saints day yeah there's, there's there's a variety of different public holidays it's never been a particular issue in in the godly state of bavaria yeah yeah it's t- it seems to me just typical of well the british government based in england perceives the other parts of the country and i think it's kind of partly like well we don't have one why should you but also because yeah. when is wales n- like not just bundled in with england it's always england and wales like it when is. you watch the weather and they talk about scotland northern ireland england and wales yeah or they talk about government governance it's england and wales i did a thing on uh, i did a lecture on education a few weeks ago and it's quite telling that england and wales have a very close dynamic when it comes to education Mm. uh except obviously in wales you have people learning welsh yeah but in scotland it's like no we've got a completely different system <laughs> screw you different exams different words everything you know like it's different here uh because we're a different country and yeah. i think people forget that it's like wales wales is a different country it's very different aspects to the culture the shared culture and there's different culture too
1: i mean having lived in wales there really? is something that's very very different about their culture their history their language their approach to just life in general it is it's a magnificent country and i would highly recommend anyone who is thinking of traveling to the uk to definitely include wales as part of your plans uh, it is beautiful but i'm thankful that the council of gwynedd has, has struck back against this imperial bastard's and has given the public holiday <laughs> to 5,000 workers. Um, anyone that's working through the council is going to get a day off for St. David's Day. And uh, so they'll be able to have parades, have parties, uh, strew daffodils all over the place. It's going to be a really, really nice moment uh, for Wales. Teachers get don't get it though, right? No, uh, teachers aren't included in this, unfortunately. But of course, St. David's Day will be celebrated in school. Like, it's, it's not a normal learning day. Like, they'll, the day will be focused on saint david and um, because yeah i mean patron saints are really key to your history and your culture and so we have uh, councillor nia jeffrey said the principle behind it is the importance of saint david's day for us as a nation how close it is to our hearts and it's embarrassing they can give an extra day off willy-nilly for the queen's jubilee but we can't decide for ourselves what days we have off and that is a pretty important thing to remember the queen's jubilee is coming and we've been asked, or well, Britain has been asked to invent a new dessert to celebrate this. I think that's oh, the off. key thing Honestly, at the moment. F-
0: I fucking, oh, like I just oh, I can feel like, like the mobile bubbling in my stomach yeah. and I have to like step back. I am a Republican, obviously, but like, do you know what I learned this week, right? This is what fucks us off, right? <laughs> do you know how um, you have the Duchy of Lancaster, mm-hmm. which is like the Queen's Estates and stuff like that. And you have uh, the Duchy of Cornwall, which is Prince Prince uh, Prince of Wales' estates. Yeah. Do you know they don't pay corporation tax? The yeah, I did is. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I just—I hate it. And I, like, I, the more the more I see it, the more I'm just like, like they just take the fucking piss. Honestly, it's just taking the piss. Like, I, and the the more I read about British history, and the more I learn about the how how the country's governed by this rickety system of bullshit. That they've they've created that they call the british constitution which isn't isn't that like the fact that you can't call a person who lies in parliament a liar because of like propriety in parliament it's just like no wonder scotland wants to become independent and like when i see stuff like this i'm like i don't see why the argument for wales to become independent i don't see why they wouldn't want to become independent from from england because just totally ignoring local diversity yeah. if you want to strengthen the bonds that connect us you should see their holidays as our holidays but they don't because it's all about it's all about maintaining some bullshit system that william the conqueror created in 1066 you know like it just feels like totally hackneyed and bullshit and for the british government to go like oh no you can't have a saints day it's like no well why don't you why don't I have a referendum you're bunch of (laughs) ballet.
1: I mean, this is it. Like Wales isn't some new pop-up country that's 100 years old. There are are millennia uh, of history in that nation, and it is a very special place that deserves to be treated Mm -hmm. as as an integral part of the Union, instead of as you say, some addendum uh, England or Wales uh, in one breath. Uh, so yeah, I'm delighted to see that Wales is just turning around and being like, well, one part, one council is saying, no, we're going to do this, even though you don't want us to. Uh, more of it, please. I know that the the states, the federal
0: states of Germany, are obviously states, not countries. And, and that's the difference in the UK is these are separate countries. But like imagine Berlin telling Bavaria they couldn't have a public holiday. Like it's unthinkable. Yeah, These are local local decisions that affect local areas it should be made by um local politicians who have been elected by by the local population that's totally reasonable given the shit that the british government's pissing about with at the moment you'd think like they'd want a bit of popularity from the different parts of the uk but no yeah no because there's people like jacob rees mogg knocking about talking about like history as if it was some kind of fucking cartoon
1: well i mean this is it like you have these people that pretend to be like really religious and and loving history um, but mm. the fact of the matter is that disruptions to business are more important. I mean, you, you mentioned German public holidays, and there are a lot of them, and there are some of them that I didn't even know what they were, and I had to like learn the English through the German. Um, so, for example, Pfingsten uh, is Pentecost, and I hadn't word, heard the word Pentecost since I was maybe eight
0: years old. I thought Pfingsten was Whitson. Is it the same? Pentecost and Whitson are the same thing, I think.
1: I so you have Pfingstmontag F- is Whit Monday. Um, ah yeah. right okay okay, yeah. okay okay so it is the same thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same thing so i mean yeah to, to to make people jealous let's just quickly i mean we talked about heilige drykurniger uh, which was on the 6th of january um and that's a public holiday not nationwide which we we weren't sure about at the time of speaking it's just mm-hmm. baden-württemberg bavaria and saxon-anhalt mm-hmm. um and then you have fashing uh which is not a public holiday but it's celebrated like a public holiday <laughs> yeah it certainly is yeah uh, and I think ta-
0: it's a public, is it not a public holiday
1: in, in Kohl and in Dusseldorf? I'm not sure if it's official holiday. I'm not sure if... if I feel like I've,
0: no one's working in Kohl on
1: Fasnacht. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a work day, that's for sure. Um, you have, yeah, even Tag der Frau, uh, International Women's Day, which is a public holiday in Berlin. Uh, Berlin pushing forward there. They need more public holidays in Venice. They do get four. We have Karfreitag, which is Good Friday. We have Ostersonntag, Easter Sunday. Ostermontag, natürlich. Tag der Arbeit, Labour Day, uh, which would be the 1st of May. Public holiday, almost globally now, I think, in a lot of places. Christi Himmelfahrt, which, again, I, I hadn't heard about, uh, apart from like Sunday school when I was young, and that's Ascension Day in English. I love the
0: the phrase christy well the words christy himmel fart the name of it and i love it so much because it basically just directly translates as christ heaven drive <laughs> <laughs> it's like the image of him it gets in his porsche and just speeds up to
1: heaven you know? that's the stuttgart version of that public holiday exactly.
0: <laughs> well i mean yeah down here he's in a, a bmv right <laughs>
1: And then you have Father Tag.
0: Yeah, because you have everyone knocking around with their little uh, trolleys full of beer.
1: They do, they take Father's Day very seriously <laughs> compared to back home. It's not breakfast in bed. It's get pissed with your mates.
0: I think I think that's something that we should. Shoot. Absolutely, I know you're not a father, but you can. You, I'll put you under the uh, under the Houghton sh- fatherhood shroud, and Ooh. you can join me.
1: <laughs> what an honour the Duke of Ruggersdorf was delights to accept that invite. <laughs> and then we have oh, what comes next Finks Mont- Montag Whit Monday which we already mentioned then Frohe mm-hmm. Leichnam Corpus Christi mm-hmm. Maria Himmelfart uh, Assumption Day Mary driving up to heaven yep <laughs> I w- and wonder t- what
0: car she took what kind of car was it do you reckon
1: like an Opel VW Up okay <laughs> <It's> sensible <laughs> economical <laughs> Tag der Deutsche Einheit, of course, German Unity Day in October, mm-hmm. which we talked about as being Hasselhoff's special day here. <laughs>
0: That's what they should rename it as, <laughs> Hasselhoff Day.
1: Reformationstag, Reformation Day, of course, a, a doth to the the, the Luthers. Um, All Heiligen, All Saints Day, uh, Bus and Bed Tag, Repentance Day in Saxony. So Saxony has a, a a Repentance Day. I don't know what they've done. And then you have Christmas uh, and St. Stephen's Day, Zweiter time. So, Germany has got an abundance of these public holidays, and as Nick mentioned, depending on where you are and what religion is dominant, you get more or less. Uh, so, yeah, pick your state carefully if you are moving for public holidays.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Don't don't live in Berlin. That's the yeah. You think it's cool? <laughs> you think it's cool with everyone with their blue hair and their 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 hipster ways? But then you look at how many public holidays you don't get. No. Um. Th- there is there is a a part of me, a very small part of me, that when people complain on on Twitter about uh, who live in Berlin because they don't get certain public holidays because they fall on a Sunday, but there's another. There's part of me that's just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and you make and you make fun of Bavaria, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. I didn't know there was going to be a pop quiz. There There's, a pop quiz. The There's a pop quiz. I'm a bit
1: quiz. nervous now. What's the pop quiz about? So it's just one question. So it's a very short pop quiz. <laughs> it's,
0: it's really just a one
1: question. It's through. a transition pop quiz.
0: <laughs> All or nothing. Go on then.
1: So the word magakun has become a buzzword in South Korea about a particular type of annoying behavior on dating apps. But what does it mean? First option is mask fraud, complaining that someone has posted their profile pic wearing a COVID face mask designed to make them look more attractive by showing less of their face. Okay. Number two, Magic Word, complaining that people have been spoiling the latest game of Wordle by rushing to dating apps as <laughs> soon as they have solved it and changing their profile picture to the day solution to show off their English language skills. Number three, Magic Trick, complaining that users are messaging them using a trick word formula shown on TV by award-winning South Korean magician Lee eun designed to make people appear more intelligent. And finally, Super League, Complaining that someone has slid into their DMs to announce that they are forming a European Super League, TM, only to have backed down a couple of days later.
0: What? Explain that last one. So people are like saying they've formed a European Super League, like just so they just they've, they've just said oh they've made a European Super League and then said it's not happening.
1: Yeah, and it seems to be this like big joke that South Koreans are like Haha, this is funny. Um, I mean, Magi or Maggie bit suggests I don't know. Magic is it? Is it the Wordle thing? So you're gonna go for so magic word, the Wordle one?
0: Yeah, they're 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 showing off their English language skills by by um, changing their profiles to 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 show that they're or that they're pretending that they've got all the the correct answers to Wordle. That would be what I'd say. Okay is it correct oh, wrong, is that? Oh, what is
1: yeah, it what is it I, I i tricked you by talking about wordle at the start and then including yeah, wordle in the yeah, question you've really
0: caught me out with that one
1: uh Magicun leads us gently <laughs> to uh it, it means mask fraud uh complaining that people have posted profile pics wearing a mask to make them look more attractive by showing less of their face <laughs> is that true yeah <laughs> This transitions into a study by Cardiff University. So this is very much the Welsh episode. Um, (laughs) So Reuters uh, put out an article about this where a Cardiff University study has found that people are more attractive with masks on. So, (laughs) yeah, I don't know if you agree with this. Do you find masks sexy, Nick?
0: (laughs) Do I find masks sexy? I mean, does it does it mean that I've, I've acclimatized to the pandemic if I say yes? Well, I guess don't know. It depends what kind of masks. I think we're talking I've COVID watched.
1: masks, especially here. Yeah, yeah I'm not that thinking the, like the study wasn't about like boogie <laughs> like masks. fucking hockey masks or something <laughs> like that. Uh,
0: yeah, oh, you looked really good in that latex mask of <laughs> Prince Charles, Freddie Krueger. Um, mm. Oh yeah. No, well, I I find eyes the most attractive part of a face, mm-hmm. so. So yeah, I could I could dig that. I could understand why people might see mask wearers as slightly more attractive, because I think the eyes are, are, are
1: yeah, they, are they the window to the soul? <laughs> I was going to say that,
0: you know, and I thought, how fucking trite is that? What kind of, kind of bell end am I? But I know I'd say I could understand that. I don't know. It depends how depends how terrible your jawline is. I guess I guess it's that discussion we've had about beards, right? Like when you mm-hmm. see people who've got. I mean not not you sir cuz you have to very, say well, tread carefully you have an excellent <laughs> jawline god whew, I, think, I think I got away with that listeners <laughs> um but the you see people who've grown beards cuz they've got quite like a round chin or they're quite worried about their chin and and then they have like they, they shave the beard in a particular way They give them a, the 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 sort of illusion of having a, a strong jawline it seems to be an issue for for certain men but I can't say if I've suddenly become heavily attracted to people when I'm walking around the supermarket going, oh, look at they
1: all. Everyone looks gorgeous here. <laughs> everyone in Germany does look gorgeous, right?
0: That's the thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Handsome nation. Um, well, the, the fact is that your opinion will have changed because everyone's has, apparently. Uh, the study has revealed that masks used to make us think people were diseased. That was the association we automatically built, and therefore less attractive. And that has changed according to the study. Um, so a little bit of information about how they did this 43 women i'm not sure why 43 it's quite a random number but they were asked to rate the attractiveness of images of male faces and there were four versions uh, one without a mask two wearing a plain cloth mask three blue surgical mask and four holding a book to cover their face uh, and <laughs> they tested less attractive faces and attractive faces and it turns out both groups got elevated feedback for how attractive they were so it doesn't matter if you're if you're ugly you're going to get more attractive and if you're handsome you're going to get more attractive so even george clooney in a mask is more attractive than george clooney without a mask
0: does it matter what kind of mask because everyone around here obviously the majority of people wear
1: ffp 5 yeah
0: ffp-svite n95 kn95 yeah. masks yeah and they're quite they're quite quite ugly looking things but then you see people with like the black masks that you have they're quite they're quite
1: saucy right mm-hmm. they are that's a sexy upgrade a black mask will will, will turn more heads i'm sure
0: and i've seen uh, when we're do you remember when we had uh in 2020 we had the before they introduced the heavy duty masks i quite like that part of the pandemic where you could like everyone was showing their individuality by having mm-hmm. like, like i got to a star wars mask that was quite fun had one that was tartan that made mm-hmm. me happy. I wonder if the mask itself could have an impact. I don't know. It, su- it suggests not by the by the study, but I would have thought someone who has maybe a different colour or something
1: like that might be more I effective. imagine the blue surgical is probably the most popular because it implies cleanness as well. But the interesting result of this is apparently obviously with a mask we have to fill the gap. We have to imagine what's there. And apparently our instinct now is to fill it with the most attractive version of what we imagine. Um, So we're filling the mask with the best possible case scenario. So I think this is a pretty cruel twist of fate uh, for people on dating apps these days because at the start of the pandemic, if you were on whatever, I don't know, like neither of us have been on dating apps because we got out of the single market before those things took over. Like the last chop, just like Britain,
0: just like Britain, we got out the single market just (laughs) in
1: time. I look at it and it is scary. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with our timing. But yeah, I think at the start of the pandemic, if you put a mask on, then you'd be like, oh look, I'm I'm conscientious, I'm empathetic, I'm caring, I'm considerate, I'm following the rules. And now people are just like, magicun, he's hiding his face, the ugly bastard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how depressing is that? If you take your mask off and the person sitting opposite, or you take your mask off and someone goes, oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh gutted totally gutted i guess it's the, the sort of allure of the mysterious right mm-hmm. you don't know what's under that mask could be anything yeah and i guess it's a boon for those people who who are considered unattractive by traditional standards i, I would be interested in in how they've gauged attractiveness is it like symmetry because i know symmetry is meant to be the most mm-hmm. attractive thing have you ever seen like a like a really attractive celebrity in person? Yeah, right. So I saw I've seen a couple of famous sort of Geordie like people who have been on Biker Grove and stuff. So Donna Air,
1: Donna Air, Donna really, yeah, she's lovely. Yeah,
0: she's, I saw Donna Air in person when like when and Donna Air was a there was a TV show listeners because I know not everyone's au fait with the uh, with. with, with <laughs> with um biker kids grove. kids <laughs> 90s kids tv in britain that was focusing on the newcastle uh, Newcastle youth club yeah um so there was a tv show in britain called called biker grove it was set in newcastle and one of the people who became well pj and duncan two of the biggest um light entertainment presenters in the uk came from that mm-hmm. but also this this young lady called donna air and she i think she worked for mtv yeah and i saw too. her yeah. I saw her in person when, like, the height of her fame, and I remember even then I was quite young. I must have been like ten or eleven, thinking like, "You're too attractive," <laughs> like, like it was kind of I couldn't like you couldn't look directly at her. It was kind of terrifying. Maybe that that was me. But I've I've met I've met other celebrities in 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 the past, uh, not a name drop because cause I meet a lot of, I don't really meet a lot of celebrities. I think I'd seen them at an airport. I saw um, <laughs> I saw a, a French footballer who played for Newcastle. Johan Cabay. He was called the dream boat. By, he, yeah, yeah. Newcastle he was, he was he a handsome a, man. Yeah. And I remember seeing him and just going, like, he's too, ha-, like, I can't look at him. It's too, <laughs> hard it hurts my eyes. Um, and say like maybe some people are like too handsome. So that might be a benefit. But like, I can't work out what's the standard definition of, of handsome that they used. I'd be curious.
1: Yeah. The Reuters article didn't include those metrics, unfortunately. Uh, but mm. the, the, there were there were two groups. It was less attractive and attractive. So, <laughs>
0: imagine if there were like you were cool. in the less attractive group,
1: and you're like, "What? Since when? <laughs> no one told me."
0: Yeah, yeah. I broke my nose a long time ago, and it still isn't quite straight. If you look at me like direct on, you can see there's a slight offness about my, my nose, and that's always worried me because I, 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 you sort of see your own defect, and I'm like, "It's not symmetrical." <laughs> Oh God! I've got a mole on the side of my face as well. It's a, it's a beauty spot, I would say. <laughs> Cindy Crawford. It's, not, it's a fucking mole, right? But even that, like, I, I remember for, uh, all through my teenage years, going just like focusing on that, going, "Oh, that's why. That's why the girls don't like me. It's because of the mole." And it's like "No, it's because of my massive ginger afro." <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Well, if only we'd had masks back then, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've
0: got to go back in time. Just wear this, mate. That'll sort you <laughs>
1: out. You'll suddenly become more attractive. So, Nick, you rewatched a pretty iconic film this week. What was it? Oh, yeah, we rewatched Independence Day. The Will Smith joint.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was... I, I watched it I watched it when it came out at the cinema. I had all the action figures and everything. I loved that film. It's, uh... Well, I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't quite work nowadays for various reasons. The, the, the idea that the world comes together to fight the uh, external threat <laughs> suggests that they're probably not. I have same image now if they, they remade it, that there'd just be people knocking down their own houses and welcoming the aliens in. Please kill me. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, there's evidence to support that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It isn't a very good film. Like, just objectively, when you watch it again, it is it is quite poor there is some great lines like um will smith punching the alien in the face and mm-hmm. saying welcome to earth that's great <laughs> love that there's that there's loads of misogyny all the way through like it's really <laughs> like there's, when you look at it from the, the perspective of 2022 you're like they wouldn't they wouldn't do that in the in this one but
1: um i have watched smith the remake prime, to know so. if they have included the misogyny <laughs> stay true to the original but,
0: well, I had the sequel. The sequel's are really not worth watching. If the first one's ropey, then this, even the sequel's pretty terrible. But the original Independence Day, I was going for it, is it's Will Smith and his Prime. Yeah. And Will Smith's solid, like so. It was, it's Yeah, it's, and it's got Jeff Goldblum in it. And it's hard to go wrong Pullman with Jeff Goldblum, and yeah. And, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to enjoy in that, uh, in that movie. But yeah, it was quite a funny one. Why are you bringing up Independence Day?
1: Yeah, because this got me thinking. I... I, I... I'm not really into aliens, but it made me think, ha-ha, there's something we can talk about here, because did you know that probably the earliest picture of a UFO is from Germany? Really? Yeah. 1561, over the skies. (laughs) (laughs) Not a photo, obviously. Um, But yeah, this is (laughs) over the skies of Nuremberg, uh, my hometown. And witnesses reported that for an hour, there were flashes and lights all over the place. And there is an, an artist's depiction of this, and it looks like sylvester like just explosions all through the sky and yeah this is the basically the first recorded uh picture of a ufo um in beloved franconia
0: i think you've got to be careful with like so uh, having studied history um mm-hmm. the, one of my one of the best things especially medieval history is reading about the uh times people have seen curious things that there's, there's a story uh from i think it's somewhere in England where people were leaving a church on a Sunday, sort of, I think it's 12th, 12th or 13th century. And uh, everyone in the village swore hands down that a rope fell from the sky and this human-like person climbed down the rope. And then when he got to the bottom of the rope, died. Like, loads of people saw it and claimed to have seen it, right? And one of the things you've got to remember, especially if you look at the history of Munster as a good example, that... um, um, ergot poisoning was a big problem for a lot of uh, a lot of people. Basically, it's a it's a fungus that grows on wheat, I think. Okay. and essentially, it's got hallucinogenic properties. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, often, people are like, "Was it ergot poisoning that got you?" Because that was a big part of what happened in Munster. Is they reckon the the sort of collective psychosis of the um, look up the Anabaptists of Munster. It's a great story, but basically, the religious sect took over Munster and they all became like free loving crazies, and they reckon. Part, part of it at least was brought on by psychosis or hallucin- hallucinogenic properties of, of ergot that led their leader to ride out. <laughs> he rode out of the castle. I know this is going on a tangent, but it's hilarious. He rode out of the castle uh, to face the army of the bishops and the local lords, believing that God would protect him. And he got to the battle lines, and I think it's the mayor of Munster just chopped him into bits. <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the dangers. But yeah, so uh, let's go back to the, the, this well, yeah, point. So this, the yeah. theory
1: isn't poisoning on this one. Uh, <laughs> people now believe this is what, uh, there are two terms for what they think that it is called, the mock sun or a sun mm-hmm. dog. Um, mm-hmm. And these uh, occurrences occur when the sun is reflecting off ice, ice crystals in the sky, Right, Uh, okay. So, yeah, that's what it is. But there is a report uh, from Nuremberg Gazette that read, "...at the dawn of April the 4th in the sky of Nuremberg, a lot of men and women saw a very alarming spectacle where various objects were involved, including balls approximately three in the length from time to time, four in a square, much remained insulated, and between these balls one saw a number of crosses with the colour of blood." Then one saw two large pipes, in which small and large pipes had three balls, or four or more. All these elements started to fight one against the other. Okay, yeah, it's, I
0: mean, it sounds a bit like someone's been taking some hallucinogenics. <laughs>
1: I don't want to judge, but it sounds like everyone's having collective psychosis. That's fair. That's fair. Um, there is that the, everyone drank from the same well at this time in Nuremberg, <laughs> that's for
0: sure. And <laughs> the well's been poisoned. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, as i say, like, I'm a believer for sure that that there is life out there because it's insane to not think that uh, in terms of the mathematics of it. But UFO reports are, of course, an an interesting issue here. Uh, So there is the UFO National Reporting Center, uh, which is where you report your UFOs. And the first reporting center was created by an American fireman called Robert Gribble. Um, And since 1905, there have been 105,000 reports of alien sightings, a tenth of which... Come from the UK, so yeah. The UK? Yeah. The UK's weird when it comes to things like this, because, yeah, a tenth of sightings is, is pretty mad. And also, we're like one of the most tornado-hit countries on Earth, but they're all just really
0: <laughs> They're all just like in someone's back garden. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really really small took a tile off the roof so yeah the best place to see a UFO if you're interested is apparently Bonnie Bridge in Scotland which is a very lovely sounding place it's not okay. I live near there <laughs> well, I was about to say this is where I turn it over to Nick because the town is part of what's called the Falkirk Triangle and Nick lived in Falkirk so what's going on in Falkirk
0: right so I believe in aliens I believe that aliens probably exist I can totally accept that there's stuff out there that we don't understand there is some things you need to think about with regards to um sightings and falkirk um especially around bonnie bridge is that bonnie bridge is um there is a a bp oil refinery in grangemouth which i've i've got no evidence for this so do not sue me but i would say (laughs) that having one of the largest oil refineries in the uk um less than 18 minutes away from where you live might have some impact on you know air quality that kind of thing (laughs) you know it might have some detrimental effects that's all i'm saying i would say that's a factor in 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 this i mean maybe they've just got lots of really uh, got laced uh, wheat or uh, maybe they're (laughs) all taking some something Hallucinogenic, but I do have the feeling that that might be the case. I have no problem ripping into Falkirk, having lived there for ten years. So, uh, if you wish me to do that, I can do that at length. (laughs) (laughs) I have, I have a a vast amount of negative opinions when it comes to this part of the country. When you've got like footage of something, I can appreciate that someone's taken a recording, grainy as it might be, and they sort of, this is what I saw. It's when you get, you when you get these people, and, and I watched there's there was like a supernatural show for young people that's been on uh, the bbc i think it may be only in bbc scotland and it was just this guy going uh it was no there was no evidence There was no footage it was just like oh and then this person said this and this person said that and i was like is that all it takes to get on this tv show and i was like oh like um i saw i saw the fucking slender man at the end of my my street <laughs> you know i saw like a gray alien he came and and probed me like what you like and it just all these people like oh i saw this light in the sky and i didn't know what it was and i think if we've learned anything over the two last two years is that not everyone is totally trustworthy when it, <laughs> yeah remember. exactly when it comes to things that happen so I, I would take everything about the falkirk triangle with a pinch of salt i also know that having lived in falkirk that a lot of people drink uh, buckfast tonic wine which is a fortified <laughs> wine made in a, D- a devonshire monastery uh, that is incredibly popular i drank it my friends drank it and i tell you what it does do here it fucks you up <laughs> <laughs> so i would also if it isn't grangemouth it's affecting grangemouth oil refineries that's affecting people It could well be that they're off their tits on fortified white.
1: It's certainly a valid theory. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that Falkirk's also directly under three flight paths. Uh, (laughs) Edinburgh and Glasgow are both in flights above Falkirk. Um, The the other weird thing is it's quite a modern phenomenon uh, in Bonnybridge. Uh, The first sighting was in 1992, and since then there are 300 a year. Uh, so it just seems like people are just desperate for attention. Um, yeah. Spotting <laughs> planes in the sky.
0: It's, fucking, it's It's just people off their tits on cheap
1: wine, just going like,
0: "Yeah, you seen that over there? I think it's an alien."
1: <laughs> well, this is the beautiful tangent because um, the provost of Falkirk, uh, an independent councillor, Billy Buck Buchanan. I
0: saw
1: this. It's, it's a great name, great title. Everything about this is great. Uh, he has written to three prime ministers demanding an inquiry. <laughs> So far, no results. Is
0: is he still the Proverbs?
1: I'm not sure. This quote is from 2005, so maybe he's out by now.
0: Yeah. But he's
1: quoted in 2005 saying, how do we know aliens aren't walking about? We've all had our (laughs) suspicions of people.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my. uh, Like, what? What was his name? Billy Buchanan. Billy Buchanan, Bonnie Bridge. Billy Buchanan from a, Bonnie Bridge. <laughs> if he's if he's still in his job, like we've got we've got issues. There's really, um, just looking him up. He's still in a job. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is our elected official writing letters to fucking prime ministers about aliens. Jeez,
1: maybe that's why he's still in a job. Maybe the aliens yeah.
0: are keeping him in position. Is like a subterfuge.
1: I think you're onto, onto, you've caught the essence of this story. (laughs) Aliens are behind Billy Buchanan and Bonnie Bridge. They're just trying to let us know gently, and we're ignoring them. He's got a probe. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful tangent that you've thrown away because in England for £120 a year you can be insured against alien impregnation and uh, even men uh, qualify for this policy apparently quote for protection against the unknown capabilities of alien technology and 30,000 people have bought these policies to not be impregnated by aliens
0: printing money oh my god oh like I've lost all faith in humanity we're fucked people like (laughs) yeah get your zombie apocalypse kits ready it's gonna it's it's on
1: (laughs) welcome to earth
0: (laughs) welcome to earth they're incredibly fucking stupid (laughs) so first listeners that brings us to the end of the show uh once again i'm on small child watch so i'm trying to keep my voice down so it's not that i'm trying to ruin the audio quality or bring the tone down but it did take several renditions of when the boats come in and uh, a couple of hugs and head shoulders knees and toes to get my daughter to go to sleep god damn it i'm tired anyway less of my woes just want to thank you for enjoying the podcast Why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also now obviously use the star rating in Spotify. Come on, people. Give us some stars. It's ridiculous. Why do you make me beg? Do you hate me? Probably. I don't think that's unreasonable, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, so chuck some stars our way, if you are so inclined. Also, you can retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to ko-fi.com slash DecadesFromHome and contributing to keep us well-stocked with tea and beer and obviously some kind of tinfoil hats to prevent us being attacked by extraterrestrials. You really do care about us, so make sure that we're well defended when the aliens come. I'm not sure Will Smith's up to it anymore. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Simon on at Decades From Home and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on 40% German at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40% German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bisum next nächsten Mal. Tschüss!